Hey everyone, we are Proyecto Siembra. Welcome to another Mucho Pride episode. We love to talk all things in the Hispanic community from business to pop culture to everyday life. This month, we are celebrating queer pride, and this week's episode is titled Homosexuality in the Latinx Community. Hola, mi nombre es Lupe, and I'll be your co-host for this episode. Hola, I'm your other co-host, Jose, and I can't wait to dive deep into what homosexuality looks like in our community. Last week, we launched our Mucho Pride episode, and we spit some knowledge on the LGBTQ plus community, and we are so grateful for the amount of support we received during this launch. We got a record-breaking amount of plays from Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. So once again, thank you for listening if it's your first time. And if you're returning, thank you for tuning back in with Lupe and I. Yeah, so before we got started, uh, we thought that it would be appropriate to address what's going on with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement before we dive into today's episode. Um, as we all are probably aware by now, uh, there has been a lot of protests going on, and uh, we feel like it is important to open this conversation to the Latinx community because we need to realize that Black Lives Matter, the movement, affects us too as Latinos. Um, there is a lot of racism within the Latinx community, and we need to take this chance to educate our people on colorism and the harm that it does to all of our communities. And yes, Latinos do experience racism too, but... This is not about us right now. Right now, it is our turn to sit down with ourselves, with our families, with our friends, and reflect on our own biases. Antes que empecemos con el episodio de esta semana, queríamos hablar un poco de lo que está pasando en los Estados Unidos y en muchas partes del, del mundo. Como muchos saben, la muerte de George Floyd y muchos negros ha causado muchas protestas. La gente está cansada del racismo y nuestro equipo se une a la pelea del movimiento de las vidas negras en Portland. Y también le llamamos la atención a nuestra comunidad latina que reconozcan el racismo que hay en nuestra comunidad entre nosotros mismos y contra otros. We are going to start the episode with some knowledge as to who exactly makes up the LGBTQ plus community. All right. So now that we're ready to dive a little deeper into our conversation for today, uh, so last week we talked about what sexual orientation is as well as what gender identity is. Uh, so we felt like that gave us a good base to discuss, to do a breakdown of what the LGBTQ plus acronym stands for. Uh, so I'll go ahead and start. Uh, the L stands for lesbian and lesbians are, are women who are attracted to other women. The G stands for gay, so this is men who are attracted to other men. Then we have the B for bisexual. This is a person who is attracted to both men and women. And the T, that stands for transgender, a person that has a gender identity or a gender expression that differs from their sex assigned at birth. Then we have our Q. The Q are individuals who do not identify as one gender or another, so not male or female. And then we have the plus. The plus goes into a little bit deeper um, with another part of the community, which starts with someone who considers themselves asexual, which is someone who doesn't experience any sexual attraction. And then we have people who are pansexual, and this would be people who are attracted to anyone independent of their gender. And then we have intersex, which is someone who is born with reproductive or sexual anatomy that does not fit typical definitions of male or female. And I think it's just important to also recognize that this is not it. 
um, that there's a lot of other uh, different types of sexualities out there. Um, but this is just the ones that we wanted to focus on for yeah. today. Um, and just going along with that, we wanted to mention the importance of pronouns. So I know more and more we hear more about, you know, ask people for their pronouns and respect their pronouns. And we wanted to just tell you guys about why it is important to respect the, the people's pronouns, what they prefer to be called, who they are. Uh, when you're using people's pronouns correctly to what they identify as, you're respecting who they are. You're respecting their identity. Yeah. Uh, and that is something that is is very important. Um, because if you if we if we're not doing this for each other, then this person can start feeling um, disrespected, and this can lead to other things such as depression, uh, body dysphoria, exclusion, and they can feel alienate. Alienated. English is hard. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> um, and along with that, we are we have. A, a group of people in the community that don't identify as male or female and they want to be addressed as they and them, even though this is very complicated for a lot of people to understand. Uh, for me, it was very hard because, you know, English is not my first language. Um, so grammatically, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but I after doing some research, I found something that helped me understand a little bit better. So people that consider themselves they or them, it's essentially having like two people inside of you, two genders dancing between one or the other. Um, these are just people that if you're a woman, if you want to wear certain clothing that is quote unquote for males, um, that's okay. And then males that want to do things that are considered for feminine, that are feminine or for female, um, these this is where that, that group of people kind of falls under. And along with that, we are going to go into the cultural piece of our community, piece of our community as to how people view the LGBTQ plus community um, within our community itself. And I think a lot of it goes back to machismo, um, which is a stronger, aggressive, masculine pride or views that we are brought up with, that we grew up with all the time. And we're just going to dive in a little bit deeper as to what exactly that means and how that shapes our youth in our community as well. And our LGBTQ plus community also. Um, so machismo, it, it can be very, very harmful, um, not just for, for men or women, for everybody, because it enforces the idea of gender roles, the idea that, that women are supposed to be one way and that men are supposed to be another way and that there's nothing else in between that. Um, so we kind of wanted to also talk about like double standards because I feel like this is a, a good way to to understand what those gender roles, how those gender roles are, can be very harmful. Because they're so real. <laughs> yep. So first of all, we want to let you guys know what a double, double standard is. So a double standard is a rule or a principle which is unfairly applied in, in different ways to different people or groups. So we want to give some examples because I know in my own experiences, I've had a hard time understanding like what a double standard truly is. So yeah. we wanted to to give you guys some some examples. Yeah. Uh, one of the basic ones that I uh, can think about is boys not being allowed to wash dishes or clean the house because those are chores for women. That has nothing to do with gender in my eyes. I think that if you live in a household and you want to wash dishes, if you want to mop the floor, hazlo. Eso no tiene nada que ver si eres mujer o hombre. I think that we've kind of all heard these things around the house, like, oh, the boys are outside cutting the grass, maybe cleaning the garage, and the women are inside cooking. 
uh, washing the dishes, doing laundry and et cetera, moving for, uh, from that. And we were just talking about this before we started recording. Um, and we, I was telling Jose how, in my own experience, uh, I, I've had a boyfriend for a long, long time and I've had my grandma come over from Mexico and kind of like, you know, be at our house and, and just hang out and she'll see him like cleaning, right. Or like washing the dishes, putting things away. And he's like, oh, míralo, sí, sí es buen muchacho, buen muchacho. <laughs> and I'm like, grandma, ¿qué? O sea, no, no es que sea buen muchacho, es, es, es a basic skill. Es, es, es algo que se tiene que hacer, o sea, no es ser hombre o ser mujer. Se tiene que hacer. Si él vive solo, también va a tener que limpiar. So there's nothing wrong with him learning how to do it now. Or not even learning, but just doing it. Yeah, and I think we can all think about those weekends when we woke up on a Saturday or Sunday with our mothers blasting music and just saying, well, parece, vamos a limpiar. <laughs> uh, it's, it's eight o'clock. You've been sleeping for too long. Uh, so I think we can all relate with that. For sure. Um, we also have um, this other double standard of like the toys that kids can play with. Um, so, you know, los niños no juegan con, con, con muñecas ni con Barbies y las niñas no pueden jugar con carritos porque eso no, o sea, eso ya es que son, que son gays. Yeah. O sea, si un niño quiere jugar con, un, con una muñeca, ya es gay. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm having a younger sister. My mom one time came up to me. She's like, oh, I think your sister is a little weird because she doesn't like wearing tacones. And I'm just like, Beyonce doesn't like wearing heels because she doesn't like it. Because it's uncomfortable. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it has nothing to do with her sexuality. And from what I know, uh, she is super boy crazy. And yes, everybody, my sister's name is Beyonce. Uh, just so <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> um, another stereotype um, is women having to be submissive or women having to be inferior to men. Uh, I grew up with... Uh, with my mom uh, and she was a very powerful independent woman and in no way do I believe that she is a submissive woman because esa mujer habla y cuando está brava there's nobody that takes her down from that but she is a very she has a very authoritative personality and uh, she doesn't fit into that submissive stereotype that stereotype that we have in our community but at the end of the day you know like machismo does it, it, it does harm a lot of like very not progressive but just like you know if if we want to talk about back to the lgbtq plus community and we just discuss like this roles this this idea of like los niños las niñas like boys and girls like it's just it's just so destructive like machismo can be so destructive and so like you know making people feel like they can't be who they are or like if they want to be you know if they want to come out as bi like if they want to come out as gay like, you know, like in the Latino community, like, I just feel like that's not, it's just not accepted yet. Yeah. And I mean, it's embedded into our minds as children and we don't, but we don't see it um, as we become older sometimes with the way that we speak, the way that we carry ourselves. And I think, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go into they're against machismo. But when these some of these women that have uh, sons, they raise them with these machisto machisma machismo. Sorry, uh, idealistics, idealistics. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we also have to like talk about as well. It's hard. Yeah. No, I can I can tell you like my mom is like the most 
it's like the coolest mom you can know. She's she's woke, you know. Like if she she's ready to learn. Like I, I'll I'll sit there and I'll be like, mom, listen, you gotta be you gotta be educated on Black Lives Matter because this 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 and that. And she'll listen to me, you know. And like she's like she's very receptive. But I can tell you, like, and she's never treated my brother and I different. And like I don't feel like he loves she loves my brother more than I. But but there is that difference that I've always noticed that I'm like. Oh, you let him get away with a lot more than you will let me get away. Like you would hold, hold me more accountable for my actions. And with him, it's just like, oh, you give him more like, you know, because he's a boy. And yeah. like, I'm, I know it's because he's a boy, but like, you know, so I try to call her out like respectfully, but it's there. I definitely agree with you that we all have a lot of work to do. And I know like probably me, probably I do it, you know, like probably I fall back into that. But it's like, like you said, it's like learning to unlearn. Yes. Those behaviors. Like deem, deem, deem mental. Uh, wait, what, did, what was the word I used earlier? Uh, dismental. <laughs> dismental, like those uh, thoughts and beliefs that we have. And I think it's, it's super hard because a lot of our parents, our families, friends, community feel like that if somebody, for example, a male that comes out as gay, they lose like their masculinity. Mm -hmm. And no, I've met gay men that love to, and these are stereotypical things that I'm going to say, but just so people can understand gay guys that love to fix cars that are very active, that love to go to the gym. Um, they, you see them on the streets and you can't tell quote unquote that they're gay. So just because you are gay or queer, um, doesn't mean that you're losing any of those qualities that you are because like your that your gender identity. Yeah, yeah. Like we discussed last week. And I think that's something very important to address. Yeah, so you we're starting to see like it all kind of like come together, come together as one. Um, and I just wanted to say, um, I last week I used the the, the term sexual flu fluidity, well, mm -hmm. and I I realized that that's kind of like a new term as I was doing more research on it, and I just kind of wanted to give more more of an idea of what I mean by that. So I actually found uh, a doctor; she's a professor of psychology and gender educations. Uh, gender studies, sorry, at the University of Utah. Uh, her name is Lisa Diamond. And she says that she defines sexual fluidity as the capacity to, for a change in, change in sexual attraction, depending on changes in situational and environmental and relationship, relationship conditions. Ooh, yes. So basically, I think this goes back to what we're talking about of like, your sexuality can be fluid as you grow, as you learn to unlearn these things, as you let yourself and you allow yourself to dig deeper into who you are and you don't let this gender identities like define you and define yeah. who you are. And we're as humans, we're ever evolving. We are allowed and we have the permission mm -hmm. uh, to change. But that's uh, so hard. Like people really don't realize that, that they they can allow themselves or they can give themselves that permission. And that comes from all of these things that our mm -hmm. community ingrains into our minds as we're growing up. Um, so yeah, like we said earlier, as you guys listen to these podcasts, you guys will notice how everything just comes together and little pieces start fitting. So like, if you have like a little puzzle in your head, like these pieces will start coming together to form a bigger picture, um, which we hope you understand by the end of the last episode at the end of this month. Um, and just to dive deep into another topic, we bring up religion, which we won't get too far into it, but we know that our community is based off of religion. A lot of Catholics, um, Christian, and these families that go to church and read the Bible, they have their certain beliefs and 
when you go against it and be, being gay is bad. Um, Dios no te quiere, which is mm-hmm. so bad to say, but those are things that we are told constantly. Yep. Um, and me as somebody who grew up in the church, I had to take some time to myself and just think like, hey, my relationship with God is my personal mm-hmm. relationship. I don't need you to tell me that it's okay, that it's not okay. Like, eso no importa. I have my beliefs. I still believe that there's a God up there. I still pray. I pray for my family. I pray for my friends. And that's that's me. That's my experience. But I know that a lot of people have been harmed um, with certain religious groups. And it's a super hard conversation to have um, and to explain to somebody like, hey, there's still a higher power. There's still somebody that loves you, that is looking out for you. Mm-hmm. But when you've been hurt, like that's kind of hard to, to hear, to listen to. Yeah. And I can go I can go a little deeper into that, too, and talk about my own experience. Um, so I can I can say for sure that since I was very little, um, I realized that, yes, I like guys, but also I had some attraction. I had some interest in, in, in women, right? Obviously not like when I was little, little, but, <laughs> you know, like as I was growing up, you know, uh, you start realizing what you like, right? Yeah. And I just remember like, that, like, because I was very religious too, like in high school, like I was like, I remember I used to listen to, what, what is it, K-Love? Caleb, the, yeah, the radio station. <laughs> on my way to school, like I was like the most like, you know, like Christian person in the world. Like, yes. But once I got into college and I began learning about psychology and I began learning about, you know, we we're talking about like behavior, like behavioral psychology that really gave me like the opportunity to kind of like allow myself to to free myself from, from those those ideas that, you know, like if God like. Because God's watching you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the idea. God's watching you 24-7. Mm-hmm. So if I were to ever be in a position where I'm, like, with another woman, like... <gasps> eso es malo. Eso es malo. No. And, like, and I just remember, like, even, like, my grandma, like, I remember at one point when I was little, she she kind of figured out that I had, like, some interest. <laughs> and, like, that I was, like, mm, like, you know. Ella siempre saben. <laughs> yeah. And so, she, and so she very quickly, like, shut it down. Like, she very quickly, like, told me, like she made me understand i can't remember exactly what like what she said to me but i just remember like it was to me like i it was i understood that that wasn't okay yeah so i was like oh okay let me not let me not even like allow myself to to look into that like i, I can just ignore that put it in the closet but in the closet exactly <laughs> yeah and so and so i agree i agree that you know religion is beautiful really like yeah it, it gives people hope it, it brings people together and, and I'm all for it, but I think we need to just be careful with the way that we that we use religion against each other because it shouldn't be something that we used against or like to give you fear yeah. of who you are type thing. Yeah. So And I think the big the the biggest cause is that there's not a lot of understanding going on. Mm-hmm. Um at least I know a lot of families will always be like, Hey, I understand that you are this way, that these are this is what you like. But like, are they really understanding? Like, are you comprehending what is really going through your child or your cousin, your friend's mind? So I think that there's a difference between understanding and comprehending. And it's up to us to do that research, um, to find those resources, to educate ourselves, Mm -hmm. to not offend anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can do it very simple with just like a comment, something that you think is a joke. Um, So I think it's and it's not about sensitive people being sensitive it's just about people being respectful at the end of the day it's your identity it's who you are it's like you know i think about myself like as latina like 
being Latina is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's like being, you know, bi, being gay, being lesbian is, is, is who you are. Like, it's not like you choose. Exactly. Like, oh, ya me voy a volver lesbiana. Like, <laughs> no. Like, people, like, this is something that people deal with from, from the time that they're little. Like, yeah. and that they're made, like, you know, meterlo al closet. Yeah. And I, when people, when people always uh, say that it's like a choice, I always laugh because I wish that they would understand, like, the scrutiny that comes with being gay. Mm-hmm. It's like, so for me, it's like, I came out to my friends, to my family, right? It was done. No, it wasn't. I feel like I have to come out every time I start a new job, every time mm-hmm. I go to a new restaurant, anytime I walk around the streets with a partner, like holding hands, it's like you're constantly coming out every day, every time you meet somebody new. Mm-hmm. And it's not a choice. Like people bully you. Um, people throw things at you. Uh, you get threats. Um, and it's super sad um, because who chooses to live that way? I don't think I think if anybody had a choice, maybe they wouldn't. Um, but once you become comfortable, like I wouldn't want to be any other way. Mm-hmm. But would I have not liked to be bullied and to have certain things said to me? Of course. Like mm-hmm. I'm a human. I have feelings. Um, but along with that, if you are looking resources, if you are a parent, a friend or family, um, the Human Rights Campaign has an organization that has different chapters throughout the whole throughout the United States. It's called Parents, Friends and Family of Lesbian and Gay. It's P-F-L-A-G. You can find a chapter in your city and you can get together with other people that have already uh, gone through these experiences and learned um, and they can give you resources, give you like support as to how to be there for the people around you that you love and how to respect them and how to better comprehend what they're going through. For sure. Um, We also kind of wanted to also acknowledge something that is very serious and that we've seen kind of grow a movement grow um recently this past few days on twitter um and that is about sexual abuse and i think it also ties back to our conversation about homo- uh, not homosexuality sorry uh machismo yeah um and just sexual abuse in in, in general is is some, something that is always hidden and there's something it's like a topic that is always swept under the rug the rug and something that people make each other feel ashamed of coming out and saying yeah you know what i've been sexual abuse and it's like your people don't even believe you you know it's like oh yeah. no 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 creen, no les creen. and it's like how how would you like it if someone did something bad to you and you came out and talked about it and they're like oh you're just looking for attention yeah. or this didn't really happen to you like i just think it's important to to also put that on the table and also it doesn't just happen to women it happens to men too and we just all as a community need to address it. Yeah, and it's um, Kaylani uh, came out on Twitter. Um, she just posted all she said was I was um, she put her age and then she put that she was in her bedroom. And a lot of people have been retweeting this with just saying like the age that they um that they were and who it was and something that we need to acknowledge that a lot of the times it is a family member. It's mm-hmm. somebody who lives on the same roof with you or somebody who you get dropped off because they're going to babysit you. And a lot of families, when things do happen and they bring it up, you just kind of be like, no, eso no pasó. Eso no es verdad. Mi hermano no hizo eso. Mi primo no hizo eso. Um, and it's kind of hard to believe. And it's, I think it's become a little bit more comfortable for women to speak on their mm-hmm. sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, we have movements like the um, hashtag Me Too movement, which has overtaken like our whole, um, like in the United States as a whole. 
Uh, but also, like, I want to make it okay for people to, if you are a male and that this happened to you, mm-hmm. it's okay to speak on to speak on it. So I challenge my straight allies, my brothers and sisters that are out there. If you have a son or you have a brother or a sister or a cousin that's a male and this happens to them, give them that freedom to speak on it, um, understand them, and just try to be there for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if this happens to you, this doesn't make you gay. It was just an unfortunate event that happened to you as a young kid. And it doesn't determine who you are for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And one mentality is that, oh, people are always looking in our community. I think a lot of people are always looking for a reason as to why you're gay or why mm-hmm. you're lesbian. And then sometimes they want to tie it back to a sexual abuse crime. And it's not necessarily that. Um, I don't think that my experience had any way or form of shaping what sex I like or not. Um, do I think that it changed how I view sex in general? Maybe. Uh, but that's a whole other topic that we'll get into later on this month. So stay tuned. Yeah. And as you were as you were talking about all of this, uh, it kind of brought me back to our conversation about double standards that we were just having. And I just remember right now a, an episode on Glee, which I know like not everybody loved, but I did love it. <laughs> all right. Um, and I do remember there was an episode where one of the characters, a male character, comes out to the whole group and he tells them hey like i was actually sexual sexually abused by my babysitter and the guys kind of make it like oh wow like you were a kid and you were hooking up with like an older girl like wow like that's amazing like good for you yeah exactly high five like you're such a man type thing Mm -hmm. you know and it's like let's not do that to like you know like to all my straight latinos out there Please don't do that to you to someone. If they if they're opening up to you and they're and they're trusting in you, I, I need you to to educate yourself and to be empathetic. And if you can't do that, then sorry, but you're part of the problem. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Ah. Uh, I, yeah. It's. I think that's super important to know. Uh, also, another big stigma that goes around with being part of the queer community is the stigma that we have on HIV. Mm. The stigma that if you are going to have sex with another man and you are a male, um, you are going to die <laughs> because you have, you're going to get HIV. You're just going to turn into AIDS. But um, there's a lot of resources out there that you can. Uh, one big one that's becoming such a popular thing is the PrEP pill. Um, if any of you don't know, PrEP is a pill that you take um, every day, very similar to like birth control with, with women take uh, to prevent the transmission of HIV. And if you have a partner that has HIV, it also helps the transmission of that from partner to partner. Um, this you do get tested every three months just to make sure that your body is reacting well to it and just to make sure that HIV is not in your body as well um, just so that you are aware of that Uh, also hashtag know your status super important go get tested Um, as three months is like a good rule because if if that's how long it takes typically for HIV to like show up in your system um, and in your blood so it's good to continue to do that on a regular basis Um, if you live here if you're listening to us from Indianapolis uh, we have a few centers like Shalom Health Center the Damien Center and the Bellflower which a lot of time will work with you if you have insurance or don't have insurance um, and they'll help you get tested and also signed up to be on prep as well. And just to throw out some stats out there um, that we were able to do some research on that I kind of want to hit on. Um, 21% of the new HIV cases are part of the Lioness community, um, which also brings which also causes one in five deaths um, for AIDS. 
Uh, also, there's a big amount of murders that come mm-hmm. with being part of our community. Um, there's a lot of fear with that. And one topic that I want to bring up is the incident that happened in Puerto Rico with this trans woman, a woman, y la, le decían el hombre con falda. And mm-hmm. I think those are part of those comments mm-hmm. yeah. that you just are like... They're harmful. Yeah. Like, no es un hombre con falda, es una mujer. Es una mujer. Um, y ella se, ella, se, ella, se, ella se llamaba Alexa. Um, hay que decir su nombre así como es. And Bad Bunny was able to make a great big statement on this topic. And I think that artists like him and J Balvin are just breaking those stereotypes as to what a guy should look like. Se pintan el pelo, like se ponen ropa un poco diferente, pero se pintan las uñas. Pero eso no tiene nada que ver. Bad Bunny still, I mean, he has a girlfriend. Yeah. And so it's just like those stereotypes that we just have to like keep dismantling over and over again as growing up as kids, as older people, as a community, right? And I just want to tie something back to now that we're talking about trans uh, women again, uh, something that I wanted to mention earlier. I, I understand that with pronouns, uh, it can be a little hard at first uh, if you're not used to acknowledging people's pronouns. And that's OK. Right. Like we're all learning. That's the point of this conversations. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, it's really not that hard. Like, just don't be an asshole. If you don't know, if you're not sure, ask if you're like, hey, like. I'm not sure what this person goes by. Be like, hey, what are your preferred pronouns? What? No, not even preferred. What are your pronouns? Yes. Period. It's yeah. not that they prefer them. It's that that's who they are. So see, like, I just had to have a learning <laughs> moment right there for myself. Yeah. So uh, don't be an asshole. Just ask. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just goes like how we don't go up to a lady and ask her her age. Or we don't be like, oh, estás embarazada. It's just things. If you see somebody that may look like a male and they're dressed, they have makeup on, they have a dress on, they have heels. Don't go up to them and be like, are you, are you a guy? Like, just ask them. Like, hey, how are you? What's your name? Uh, get to know them. I will probably tell you. Almost 100% of people from the LGBTQ community, if you ask them questions, they're more than willing to explain to you and educate you on it. Because that means that you care. That means that you're a human being and that you acknowledge other human beings. Yeah. That you (laughs) acknowledge their existence. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just to continue on some stats that we received from the Human Rights Campaign. Um, from the year of 2018, um, we do want to throw out. So 30% of youth um, in the Latin community are not out to their family. Uh, 31% have received threats. 45% of the trans community and 28% of the LGBTQ plus community have been taunted by their family. Um, 95% have trouble sleeping. 79% are usually depressed. Um, and talking about depression and Lupe, I know the field that you're in. I also want to make sure that you all understand that going to therapy is not a white person's thing. No, no. And I know it's hard because I can tell you here in Indiana, there are very little Latino therapists, right? I'm out here trying to change that. But for right now, like it's really, really hard. And I can tell you, like in my own experience of going to therapy, I found it very, very hard to create a relationship with my therapist because I did not feel like she was um, connecting to me. But that doesn't mean that I can't go and look for another therapist, you know? So hopefully in the future, we're going to see a lot more uh, Latinx therapists, but definitely still go out. These people have gone through training. They, they know how to help you. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's everybody's battle. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of guidance, a little Correct. bit of, of education around what you're going through. Yeah. And depression is very real. Anxiety is very real. 
don't you know like don't feel like i feel like some people kind of like make a joke out of it like yeah oh i'm depressed and like you know like it's like it's, it's, a, it's a real thing we shouldn't joke about it because um, mm-hmm. people are literally dying because yeah. of depression yeah and like that leads to like suicide and a lot mm-hmm. of other issues so feel free to ask us for any questions i know lupe will be more than welcome to guide you guys if you uh to be guided in the right direction but I hope this inspires anybody who's listening that if you do want to become a therapist, um, maybe that's a field you want to go into and you want to learn a little bit more on. We're needed. We're yeah. needed for sure. Yeah. I know I've I've had people reach out to me and I'm like, I'm doing research on like how many therapists can I find that are mm-hmm. Latino is like one or two. Yeah. In Indiana, period. Yeah. So with that being said, <laughs> definitely we need more Latino, Latinx uh, therapist so hashtag education mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um but no uh i hope that you guys were able to learn something from this episode a lot of uh, the information we did re- we did research on um obviously i am part of the community lupe as well but mm-hmm. we also just wanted to make sure that we were giving you facts and not just opinions mm-hmm. um so that way that you know truly what's going on out there Obviously, we're no experts. We're no experts, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're doing our best, you know. Like we we are talking about. We're we're just here to expand this this conversation. So I think that goes along with um. We definitely want you guys to ask us questions. We will do our best to answer. You know, we have three more episodes mm-hmm. uh, to our series, so there's definitely time to ask any questions. If we don't know, we'll look for the answers. We'll search. Like yeah. we have no problem doing that. Yeah. Um. So definitely, you know, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, anything, send us questions. And we will be, and hopefully if you are listening to this, uh, Lupe and I will be uh, on Twitter connected, answering any questions that you guys have. So feel free to tweet us if you're listening. We'll try to host a listening party. Uh, but we have three more episodes, three more Mondays this month. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we mentioned in the earlier episode, we will be uh, diving deep into the trans community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be diving deep into sex and uh, a lot of other major topics. And we can't wait for you guys to listen to them. And we have some really cool um, special guests. Yeah, stay tuned. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, staying tuned with Lupe and I. And we're just super grateful for the support that we have gotten in our, from our community and continue to stand, stand tall, stand strong raise your voice um because you are this is a moment that you will be heard um Mm -hmm. and so make your voice count and you know educate yourselves again i can't stress this enough if you're latino latina latinx educate your families educate your friends check each other hold each other accountable and there's really no excuses anymore like we live in a world where there's so much information so much connection that there's really no excuse for us like look around the world yeah. everybody's standing up for this yes. everybody's saying this is this is outrageous this is sick yeah this is enough like let's let's be part of that conversation as latinos um you know don't be silent i know it's scary i know it's like controversial to have an opinion but right now is the time to be completely anti-racist so. Yeah. So if you need to go out there and protest, do your protesting in a peaceful way. Um, if you need to donate, we have resources where you can donate, where you can be a part of these protests and helping on the background end of things. Um, so just stay informed, stay woke. Um, mm-hmm. And como yo le digo a mi familia, hoy es por ellos y mm-hmm. mañana es para nosotros. Um, so keep that. Um, and thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, this is Jose. And this is Lupe. And we can't wait to be back with you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.